Oh, uh, look out for that toy step, Doc. It's a real Lulu. Buck the Bunny. Eh, you were expecting maybe the Easter Bunny? You're a cartoon. You're not real. Not real, eh? If I weren't real, could I do this? Is that Michael? Michael! <laughs> it's Air Jordan. I told I I gave I get to Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan teams up with the Looney Tunes for a high-stakes basketball game. This week we chat about using Mad Libs to create plot points, the enduring appeal of jock jams, and what Michael Jordan has in common with Britney Spears. Then we find out if Space Jam stands the test of time. James and Alan have their say Do the movies you love still hold up today? James says gladiator with the glut Alan says as a father blah blah It's the test of time James and Alan have their say The movies you love still hold up today? Test of time James and Alan have their say Do the movies you love still hold up today? Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Test of Time podcast. My name is Alan Noah, and you, sitting here in my home, what's your name? Well, if this was Space Jam, like the movie we're reviewing today, the second build would be Bugs Bunny. But today, (laughs) the second build is me, James Brief. Joining you as always, Al, how are you? I am doing very well. I'm excited to have you back in my house. The last time you were here was when we recorded... Um, the Care Bears movie episode. The world was a simpler place then. It really was. Basically, reviewing Care Bear films brings about death and destruction to the planet for 15 months. Okay, see, now you're confusing correlation with causation, which is a big mistake, and you should know better. You're a doctor. All right, what percentage of times after we've reviewed Care Bears films has the world gone into a global pandemic? 100%. Okay, just 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 say. 100% of the time we review Care Bear films. Do you want to do Care Bears uh, 2 The Next Generation next week, Al? No, I don't. Okay, I know why. For other reasons. Other reasons. You know, today's movie is a little unconventional because, like I mentioned earlier, the second build uh, actor in the film we're reviewing today, Space Jam, is Bugs Bunny. But that's not even the weirdest part because Bugs Bunny's been in uh, like a dozen films before. The first headlining star is someone who certainly has not uh, headlined any films since and uh, hadn't headlined films before then. That's the uh, NBA superstar Michael Air Jordan. Yeah, he was not an actor. He's not an actor. He is incredibly well known for his basketball playing, of course. And beyond that, he was known for being a spokesperson. Like he was in a million commercials. And I guess you could say he was acting in those ads, but he had never carried a movie. And I was reading in some of like the behind the scenes trivia about this movie that You know, there was some concern at Warner Brothers about can Michael Jordan lead this movie? And, you know, they were talking about maybe having some other actors play a fictional athlete, but the movie is carried by Michael Jordan. And that's really what I assume got butts in seats is people wanted to see Michael Jordan do anything and watch him play basketball with uh, Bugs Bunny. 
Sure, why not? And, you know, this is not the first time that Hollywood has found uh, an actor and eventually leading actors in uh, the world of athletes. Uh, the athletes we reviewed are, are actually pretty good in some of the films we've done. Um, Everybody move! Who's that? Andre the Giant? He was perfect in The Princess Bride. There could not have been someone cast as big as him that was going to be as charming and adorable as him. Right. He was a wrestler and wrestlers are athletic and i guess you could say they're athletes but in the world of wrestling there's also an element of acting and performing and being a character and playing into all of that that's an excellent point john cena has been in a lot of films he's in uh, this summer's uh, f9 but there's other athletes that uh, their background is not in the athletic acting that that you could argue wrestling is you have people like kareem abdul jabbar what do we see him in now of course airplane right and he was also in conan the barbarian uh, he's been in a lot of things uh kevin garnett he was in a claim film a couple of years ago you don't remember no oh it's a film you really liked by another actor who also did not get uh, accolades until he was in this film well no he had one other film he got a lot of accolades i don't know what you're talking about love this film al shabadabadoo when he was in an acclaimed film oh uh adam sandler was in uh, uncut gems correct and kevin garnett was in that as well right 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 um, you also had Mike Tyson. I mean, he's been in uh, smaller stuff, but uh, you, know, you have a lot of athletes that have done this. And uh, Michael Jordan, I think you make a, a good point that this was definitely Michael Jordan's first uh, like big acting role. But it's not like he hadn't done this stuff before. He was in, I mean, he was in everything when you were a kid. Uh, Fruit of the Loom, and uh, no, no, I'm sorry, he was Haynes. Yeah, he was Haynes. Uh, Gatorade, and uh, of course Nike. I did remember the commercials that apparently inspired this film there was a series of commercials in the 90s uh they called it hair jordan with an h uh, which is the other name for uh, for a rabbit in the mid 90s somehow warner brothers was able to successfully market the looney tunes characters as kind of like cool characters like they had like bugs bunny and taz and like cool 90s outfits that people were really into they did sort of have a moment And yeah, I did read that uh, this movie kind of came out of these commercials, which is very, very bizarre. But I guess it just worked because Michael Jordan was so beloved by everybody who watched basketball. And if he can do the commercials, I could imagine someone in Hollywood saying, yeah, give him a movie. Let him act with all of these cartoon characters, and he's not going to be doing serious thespian work. You know, he's going to be delivering one-liners, because that's what you do in a Looney Tunes kind of world, right? And he's playing himself. You know, he's playing a version of himself. So... It works, you know, like Michael Jordan can do this. It works, but, you know, when you hear actors that were in Lord of the Rings, any film where there's going to be a CGI character or characters that you can't physically interact with, they always talk about how it's incredibly difficult. I True. mean, you're you're acting and emoting to a tennis ball, usually. Michael Jordan was probably in front of a green screen and, you know, interacting with, all right, here, Bugs Bunny's going to kiss you on the lips, just like act surprised. And he's thrown into I would say probably a pretty advanced actor's uh, experiment here. That's true. That's a fair point. So if you don't remember the movie, 
like I said, it stars former NBA superstar Michael Jordan, along with some of his animated friends. When an evil cartoon businessman named Mr. Swackhammer needs a new attraction at his theme park, Moron Mountain, he sends his minions to Earth to kidnap Bugs Bunny and the Looney Tunes. The Tunes challenge them to a basketball game for their freedom. The aliens agree, then steal the abilities of NBA superstars like Patrick Ewing and Charles Barkley. So Bugs and the gang recruit their own superstar, Michael Jordan. So I do not need to ask you if this was a hit, because I remember that this was a huge smash when it came out. I mean, the film did uh, pretty well. It grossed $90 million uh, in America. It opened at number one on November 15th, 1996. And it wound up grossing $250 million worldwide, which interestingly places it as the highest grossing basketball film of all time as well as the highest-grossing Looney Tunes film of all time. You know, of course, there's some small ones from the 70s and 60s, but they tried to follow this up about 10 years later with a Brendan Fraser film called Looney Tunes Back in Action. Yes. And that was a big flop. And this moment, they made a quarter billion dollars off this. A quarter billion? Worldwide, yeah. Wow. And Michael Jordan has this legendary name to it, you know, in your Babe Ruth and Pele. And let's review a little bit because he was uh, drafted in the mid 80s. He was picked third that year. Really? He went to the Chicago Bulls. And it wasn't until like six or seven years later that the Bulls, uh, I think it was 91, they win the championship in 91, then they win in 92, then they win in 93. I mean, this is an unstoppable team. And you and I were from New York, so we were Knicks fans. I'm sure you were too at the time. Eh, I was never really into basketball at all. And I will say that I knew plenty of kids who were big Chicago Bulls fans in suburban New York because of Michael Jordan. This is not just suburban New York. This is worldwide. Uh, I remember going on a trip internationally in the early 90s. Everyone in the world had Chicago Bulls hats. This was a worldwide phenomenon. And the amazing thing about Michael Jordan is that in 1994, he has won three in a row. And there is no stopping this guy. It's almost boring NBA because... It's another 50-point game. It's the best person of all time. And then suddenly, at the peak of his performance, he probably hasn't even peaked yet. He decides, I'm going to retire from the NBA. And it shocks everyone. And not only does he decide, I'm going to spend more time with my kids. No, he decides, not only am I going to leave the NBA, I'm going to join baseball, because that is actually the dream I've always had as a kid. And he wasn't quite good enough to make uh, the majors, but he had played in high school, and I don't think he played at UNC. He wound up playing in, a, I think, a double-A minor league team. Maybe. Which might have been a little generous, if I remember, because, you know, it's sort of like a couple of years ago when um, Tim Tebow tried to go in the majors, and he was in the minors for a while. And a superstar from any walk of life that's at a minor league game is going to draw a big crowd. So I remember reading that the uh, Michael Jordan minor league games were sold out everywhere he went because everyone just wanted to see a piece of this guy. Right, right. I completely forgot that this movie sort of incorporates Michael Jordan's real retirement into its plot. It sort of like, you know, puts a fictionalized spin on this real world thing that happened. And the movie opens with Michael Jordan as a kid. And the first thing you hear is the song, I Believe I Can Fly by R. Kelly. And because our podcast is the test of time, that immediately caught my attention of like, oh, who's a guy who hasn't stood the test of time? 
R. Kelly. Oh, yeah. I mean, this soundtrack was huge. Did oh, you yeah. own this soundtrack? I did. I did not, no. Yeah, I owned it, and there were a lot of hits on this. I mean, I believe I can fly. People were singing that for years as an inspirational song and as a song by itself. I still think it's a you know it's a, it's a lovely song. But uh, his dad is playing basketball with him, which is which is bittersweet because his father uh, was killed in a carjacking uh, incident. It was terrible, and that was yeah. some speculation that that's what uh, led uh, Jordan to retire. And there's a famous part when he wins the NBA. I think it's '96, and he just grabs the ball and starts to get crying because. Because the last time he'd won, I think his dad was with him. Gotcha. So, uh, yeah, so it's a little bittersweet thing. And, and he tells his dad, you know, dad, when I grow up, I'm going to play for the UNC Tar Hills and I'm going to play in the NBA and I'm going to be a great player. And all this stuff, of course, comes true. And then we get into the credits. And I'll tell you, this song by the Quad City DJs, <laughs> this song is such a 90s hype you up song i was psyched after these credits started playing because yeah let me play a little (laughs) let me play a little clip here this is uh quad city djs right here it's called a space jam I honestly didn't know that the Quad City DJs had another hit. I remember The Train, or Come On Ride The Train. Was that the name of that song? No, no, no. Come on ride the train. But sure, fine. They had a second hit. And I really didn't remember a lot of this movie. I had seen it before. But I did not remember the whole alien theme park part of the plot which is that there is this theme park on another planet the moon an asteroid who knows it's called moron mountain which i guess is supposed to be a parody of magic mountain which is weird because magic mountain is a six flags park and the six flags park have a partnership with the warner brothers characters you can go to one of those parks and get your picture taken with bugs bunny so why are they parodying that but whatever that's not even the weird part the weird part is the boss of this theme park uh is mr Swackhammer. he's voiced by danny devito and he's like we need more attractions so go to earth and kidnap the looney tunes and then these little like creatures are like okay sure i was just like wait what the hell it's just such like a random plot device i was just thinking like it's like mad libs you know like you're writing a movie script and it's like your evil villain owns a blank uh, amusement park so he decides to send his blank to blank to get blank like where did they come up with that it's just so random i think it's almost last minute because the real dilemma with this film was how do we get an athlete who's never done a movie before to act in front of a green screen Uh uh-oh, this athlete has now retired. He doesn't even play the sport that's in this. And they have all these problems. And then finally MJ agrees to do it and they get all the funding for the producers. And then they're like, oh, now we need a reason why Michael Jordan is going to play with cartoon characters. Ah, I don't know. Just make the bad guy wants to recruit the Looney Tunes. What, for a basketball game? No, not for a basketball game. For an amusement park. (laughs) It's so weird. And, um... 
you know who the original voice of Bugs Bunny was, right? Of course, Mel Blanc. Right, Mel Blanc. He did like every character in the whole Looney Tunes uh, collection, but he had either died by by this time or he was uh, quite old. And they wind up getting one of today's best voice animation uh, actors. Uh, that's Billy West. Mm-hmm. We know primarily as what? Well, I knew him first from Ren and Stimpy. Then he went on to Futurama. But yeah, he's done tons of uh, cartoons. And, tons. Uh, he's great. Yeah. And, you know, the aliens, they go into the the Warner Brothers world, which is this weird thing on Earth, like underground. There's a little like doorway to get into the Warner Brothers world, which is fine. I guess for all intents and purposes, it's like Who Framed Roger Rabbit. There's a door to get into Toontown. Whatever. Right. There's a lot of things in these cartoons that if you're a fan of the old seven-minute Warner Brothers shorts, you definitely get more out of these things because Bugs Bunny was famous for always tricking people. Like, he would trick Elmer Fudd into, like, shooting himself because he'd trick Elmer Fudd into thinking it's human hunting season. Right. And the aliens go and they're like, hey, we're trying to find Bugs Bunny. And in a classic Bugs riff, he's like, "Uh, Bugs Bunny, big guy with long ears, uh, big puffy tail, hops around and looks exactly like me. Ah, never heard of them right but then they kidnap all of the characters and they're going to take them away with them but then bugs bunny is like no you have to let us challenge you for our freedom it's in the book and then there's like a book and he just kind of scribbles in must let us challenge and then all the minions are like oh well it's in the book that gag kind of made me laugh but then they're like, well, what can we challenge them to? And these alien creatures are tiny, so they think, basketball. That makes sense, sure. But then what the aliens do is they steal like the talent and abilities from these other basketball stars. And these are real NBA athletes uh, in cameos, or I guess not cameos. I mean, like they're substantial roles. Uh, there's Patrick Ewing, Charles Barkley, Sean Bradley, Larry Johnson, and Muggsy Bogues. Oh, yeah, Muggsy Bogues. Did you remember Muggsy Bogues? No, I was not really into basketball. So there's one thing you must have noticed about Muggsy Bogues. There's one thing that there's a reason why everyone loved Muggsy Bogues, not only because he was a brilliant NBA player, but why? He was super short. Yeah, he's five foot three. Whoa, that's tiny. Right. He was actually in the NBA for like 10 years. He was a fantastic player. Um, and then the uh, monsters, these little monsters, they uh, they transform into huge monsters. And by the way, this is a plug. In two weeks, we are going to be reviewing a film called Little Monsters. That is true. That's a deep tease. I like it. Yeah. And I've mentioned this before. I don't watch trailers now, but... For some reason, trailers that I watched as a kid really stick with me. And I do remember that from the uh, trailer, you see these huge guys and they go, you've heard of the dream team? Well, we're the mean team. And the dream team was something that just happened in 1992, like a couple years before this. And that's when the greatest NBA players pretty much of all time, you had Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, uh, Magic was on it. Mm-hmm. And they walked into a gold medal. That was in 92 Olympics. That was 92 Olympics, yeah. Uh, I think it was over Barcelona. Right. But the Looney Tunes are now completely outmatched. So they decide they need to get their own superstar to join their team. And they get Michael Jordan. And in this movie universe, Michael Jordan has retired from basketball. He's playing minor league baseball, which is what happened in real life. And he's got this assistant played by Wayne Knight, who uh, most people know as Newman from Seinfeld. Uh, he or was, Nedry from Jurassic Park. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, that that's what I think of him as. 
Uh, but Michael Jordan is golfing with uh, Stan, that's Wayne Knight's character, who is his assistant, and his friends Larry Bird and Bill Murray. I totally forgot that Bill Murray is in this movie, and Bill Murray loves sports. He loves to golf. And, you know, I don't know if he and Michael Jordan are friends in real life, but you buy it. You could just sort of imagine that these guys would be on the golf course hanging out, but they don't get to finish their game because Bugs Bunny kidnaps Michael Jordan, brings him to the Looney Tunes world and, you know, explains that uh, he needs their help to win their freedom from these alien creatures. Yeah. And when he's explaining this, I love there's a line. I give Jordan credit for this. He takes a couple digs at his baseball career because it, it didn't go very well. Right. And they're telling him, you got to join our team. You got to join our team because we, we really need help or they're going to destroy our world if we lose. And he goes, guys, I'm not a basketball player. I'm a baseball player. And then Bugs is like, yeah, and I'm a Shakespearean actor. Yes, it is funny. And Michael Jordan clearly did have a sense of humor about himself. But Bugs Bunny makes the joke. At Michael Jordan's expense. So in the script, they could have said, you know, oh, that's true. You're a great baseball player. And they just changed it later. Oh, you think like Michael Jordan of the premiere is going to find out that they changed. I'm a baseball player. Well, sir, you're the greatest baseball player of all time. But can we maybe have a basketball game? And then in post, they change it to an insult. No, probably not. Probably not. He is hesitant to take them on until the Monstars start taunting him. Like, what are you scared? And I guess it's a little Marty McFly-esque from uh, Back to the Future Part 2 and 3 that we reviewed a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I didn't really get why Michael Jordan agreed to play in this game. The motivation was a little thin. Mm -hmm. But, you know, watching the movie, yeah, you know, you're going to see Michael Jordan play against these creatures. Oh, yeah. After the NBA superstars have all had their talent stolen, they start playing. And there's a great scene when uh, Charles Barkley, he's feeling down in the dumps because he he finds a pickup game in uh, some city. And the kids are like, wow, it's Charles Barkley. And it's like your dream for Charles Barkley to play a pickup game with you. But he sucks. He, like, can't even dribble the ball. You know, the kids are like taunting him like get the hell out of here you fake charles barkley look-alike i thought it was funny and charles barkley he is a character i don't know if you ever heard his commentary he is a very very uh funny guy yeah yeah and there's a joke where he's like in church and he's praying to get his basketball talent back and he says i'll never date madonna again apparently he did date madonna in real life i knew that dennis rodman dated madonna but apparently charles barkley did too yeah, there's some great gags in here. There's a part where all five players are walking around a hospital. Yes. And and they're, uh, the doctor is standing next to Muggsy. A couple players are behind him. And the three players all hit their heads on the ceiling, like some beam, but Muggsy and the doctor don't. It was so funny. I actually laughed out loud. I rewound that and watched it again. Yes, that was a very, very funny moment. I had that in my notes, too. Oh, and then there's a funny joke where they go to a psychic to try to find out how to get their powers back. And the psychic is like, I sense that aliens have come and kidnapped Bugs Bunny, who then kidnapped Michael Jordan and is going to put them in an intergalactic showdown. And they're like, "Uh, uh, okay, thank you very much, lady. (laughs) I thought it was funny. Yeah, good gag. And meanwhile, Michael Jordan is training with the Looney Tunes, and most of the Looney Tunes are not great at basketball. But then there's a new character, a new Looney Tune, who is created just for this movie, a female bunny named Lola Bunny, who is very good at basketball, and Bugs Bunny is in love with. 
And that's basically all you need to know about that character. She's a girl bunny. She's good at basketball. Bugs Bunny likes her. Um, some of the cartoon characters have had to go back to MJ's house to get his, uh, his sneakers and his UNC shorts. I thought at first that this was done to kind of get around the NBA logos and stuff, and it'll be easier for him to wear his Tar Heels shorts. But no, they show plenty of NBA stuff in here. So I'm not sure why he wears his Tar Heel shorts. I don't know. I mean, the scene of uh, them going back to his house is just to kind of involve the kids a little bit, like exactly. Michael Jordan's kids. Yeah. When they're recruiting him for, for this game, there's a line that uh, Stan says to Michael, and he says, Come on, Michael, it's game time. Slip on your Hanes, lace up your Nikes, take your Wheaties and your Gatorade. We'll grab a Big Mac on the way to the ballpark. And all of those things are all things that Michael Jordan endorsed, and probably not all the things he endorsed. Yeah, it was just like a, a handful that they could fit in one line in the movie. Yeah. There's one part right when the big game starts that I did kind of... Uh, find weird you know there's a lot of these uh sports films you know your mighty ducks kind of films and and there's always a point in the film when when they get a little too serious about it and someone reminds them hey guys it's just a game most important thing out there is not to get a touchdown not to get a home run but to have fun you know and that that's a great lesson for kids sure but michael jordan says this to the warner brothers characters before they go out for the show that's gonna basically determine the fate of their lives and he goes remember guys the most important thing is to have fun and i thought no no michael this game now it's for keeps right no the important thing is to win um and michael jordan of all people should know and understand that oh yeah and you know they get to the stadium and one thing that totally stands the test of time I don't know if maybe just the early, mid-90s kind of cemented what the soundtrack for all basketball games are, but it's basically the same music that they play today. Like, you have your pump up the jam, and, you know, they have all this stuff, and it's still the same music that they play pretty much today. Yeah, that's the legacy of Jock Jams, Volume 1. Or volume 17. I mean, like, I, I don't remember how high they went up. But yeah, those songs are still great, like, pump you up songs. And I feel like on Spotify, they don't have, like, the exact albums. But you can, like, search for that kind of playlist. And it's those songs, like, pump up the jam and y'all ready for this and uh, whoop, there it is and all these things. And yeah, those songs are still played at stadiums and they do still pump you up. Yeah. There's another funny gag at the beginning of the game where uh, they're introducing all the lineup and then they introduce Daffy Duck and silence. Daffy's always, he's always being teased. I think it's funny. Poor Daffy. And you know, in your classic uh, sports formula, they're getting pretty killed in the first half. Yes, right. And then at halftime, Stan, Wayne Knight's character, like sneaks into the bad guy's locker room and he hears like what they've done, that they've stolen the abilities from these other NBA players. And he goes into the good guy's locker room and tells everyone. And it kind of doesn't matter. Like that revelation doesn't really do anything because what can it do? You know, like they're in the middle of the game. I do like in the in the locker room, they are exhausted. They have been killed in the first half. I love that Foghorn Leghorn. Do you remember how he was depicted in the, at halftime? He's cooked? Yeah, he's a fully cooked chicken. And I thought that was very funny. Or, or turkey, whatever he is. Chicken? I don't know. Is he a rooster? Whatever Foghorn Leghorn is. Okay. 
And Michael Jordan gives this like quote unquote inspirational speech to his teammates about like how they're going to go out there in the second half and turn the tide. But it's really not a good speech. Apparently, he's not that good at that sort of thing. And then Bugs Bunny does this thing where he makes up magic water which has absolutely no magic abilities. It's all in their head, but it's like, oh, if you drink this, then you'll be really good. And all of the characters believe it. And because they believe it, they go out onto the court and they start playing really well in the second half. The second half, you're right. They do much better. So much so that Michael Jordan, he ups the stakes with the main bad guy, Dan DeVito's character. And he basically says, if... We win, all the NBA players get their talent back, and, uh, you know, the Looney Tunes get to go home, and if we lose, then you get me. And the bad guy's like, all right, I'm going to basically enslave you. It's actually kind of a dark scene where they show Michael Jordan, like, chained up and doing uh, autographs, and it kind of reminded me a little bit of, right now, we're going through a weird thing with, uh, with the singer Britney Spears that we're finding out that for, like, 10 years, she was basically forced to do concerts and residencies that she was getting no money from. And they're like, we're going to sue you if you don't do this. And just because it's in the news lately kind of reminded me of that. Maybe that's kind of what uh, Mr. Swackhammer wants to do is have a conservatorship over Michael Jordan. Uh, but it is dark. And it also is weird for Michael Jordan to just raise those stakes for this game because He's saying that he's willing to go to the moon or this planet or whatever to live the rest of his days as a theme park attraction. He's got a wife and kids, you know, and he's just like, yeah, but I want my friends to get their talent back. Like, yeah, Muggsy, he's just he's just a short guy now. That's what Muggsy says. Yeah, but he's willing to throw his entire life away on this one game. Well, to be fair, the wife and kids in this film are not his real wife and kids. Sure. So he's throwing them away for actors. Fair point. Speaking of actors, Bill Murray shows up in this scene to play some basketball. I was reading that apparently his character was just supposed to be in the golf scene earlier, but then he like really wanted to be in the basketball game because he just thought it would be cool. And apparently he was maybe going to be in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, but then that didn't work out. So he really wanted to have the opportunity to like interact with some cartoon characters, which I think is awesome like i love bill murray and like the fact that he wanted to do this movie and this scene i think is great um at one point daffy comes up to him and is like how did you get here which i was thinking the same thing like how did bill murray get to this cartoon world and he says the producer's a friend of mine i had a teamster drop me off and this movie was produced by Ivan Reitman, who Bill Murray is friends with from Ghostbusters. And uh, just saying that a teamster dropped him off, that definitely made me laugh. And I also love when Bill Murray shows up. Uh, one of the Looney Tunes characters says, I didn't know Dan Aykroyd was in this picture. Yeah. Dan Aykroyd might not stand up as much to younger kids, but that was a really funny line. Yes, yes, that is a good line. But as the game continues, uh, the Looney Tunes find out that the magic water wasn't really magic, and then they sort of lose their momentum. And it all comes down to this final play at the final second, and Michael Jordan suddenly remembers that he's in a cartoon universe and cartoon physics apply, and he like makes a slam dunk from basically the other net. You half, know, court. Uh, half court. Because uh, okay. he famously made his slam dunk from the foul line in, in 1985 in the slam dunk uh, contest, which is the logo for Air Jordan. 
Jordan sneakers. And he flew from the foul line. So at this point, he leaps from the half-court line. And it's not that he just remembered he can do these things. He had just learned that because they had a timeout with 10 seconds left. And Jordan even says to Bugs Bunny, he's like, 10 seconds left in the game and you just tell me that I can do cartoon physics here? They're fouling him like nothing else, uh, the, the Monstars. They're basically tackling him. So yeah, you're right. He basically stretches his arm to the size of essentially half court, and he does uh, slam dunk. And, and the Looney Tunes, the Toon Squad, they beat the Monstars. I think like 77 to 76, which is a low-scoring game for Michael Jordan. That's true. Also, when you mentioned the Toon Squad, you made me think of earlier in the movie when they're trying to come up with a name for their team, and Daffy Duck says, we should name our team the ducks because get it he's a duck and then bugs bunny says what kind of mickey mouse operation would name a team the ducks what kind of mickey mouse operation would name a team the ducks disney has the mighty ducks which is a real sports franchise and i think that is one of a couple of digs at disney apparently the Warner Brothers producers were mad at Disney because they let their characters in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which was a Disney movie, and they were hoping that Disney would reciprocate and let Mickey Mouse be in their Warner Brothers movie, this movie, and apparently that did not happen, and the Warner Brothers people were a little peeved, and so they made a couple of jokes at Disney's expense. That's funny. I like that. Um, The NBA players all get their talent back. And really, this film kind of ties into the real-life story of Michael Jordan yeah. because they're like, well, now that you've realized you're a great basketball player again, what are you going to do, MJ? The real Bulls, they would always have this laser show as they started the games, and the fans go insane as they uh, reintroduce Michael Jordan, but not the Michael Jordan we know. What's different about this Michael Jordan? It's a different number because they retired 23 when he retired the first time. Right. And you know that Linkin Park, uh, Jay-Z song, uh, Encore? No. Oh, it's, it's a remake of Numb. You've never heard that. Oh, song. okay. I mean, I've heard that album, but it's uh, one of the darker spots of uh, Jay-Z's catalog. Oh, I think it's a great song. But anyway, um, there's a great lyric in there because Jay-Z had done one of his several retirements. And then this was his encore after he retired, even though he came back many times after that. In that encore song, he says, when I come back like Jordan, we're in the 4-5. It ain't to play games with you. It ain't to aim at you. It's probably to maim you. Jordan came back and he wasn't that great as uh, 45. And when he switched over to being 23 again, he took off and, you know, Three more NBA championships. Oh, okay. Bad luck number, 45. You don't remember this, Al? Not really. I'm not a huge basketball fan. You're not a huge NFL fan, but like, who's the quarterback that keeps winning Super Bowls the last 20 years? Tom Brady. Okay, at least you know that. (laughs) But I don't know like every detail about like what number he was on the Patriots and what number he is on Tampa Bay. Like, I don't know. You know know he's on Tampa Bay though. Yeah. But I know that Michael Jordan was on the Bulls and he won a ton of championships. Then what team did he go to? The Wizards? Very good. You do know more than you think. I know some stuff. But now that we've come to the end of this movie, James, do you think that Space Jam stands the test of time? There's so many things that shouldn't go right in this film. Michael Jordan acting. Michael Jordan trying to be funny. But a lot of these things work. Uh, Michael Jordan is a better actor than I thought. I I think it's probably fine that he didn't continue his acting career, but I think he's perfectly fine in this film. Every professional uh, actor in this film is fantastic. Some things that don't really stand up to me. um, I think the 
animated scenes are kind of boring, like the solely animated and non-Looney Tunes animated scenes. I thought the movie slows down whenever, like, Danny DeVito's bad guy characters talking to his little minions. I'm not interested in those characters, only the Looney Tunes and, and Michael Jordan. Um, you know, Lola Bunny um, is is a pretty sexualized character in it. I, I think it's perfectly fine that she's athletic looking, but like when she comes out on the court, the cartoon characters, their tongues are falling to the floor and it's like, all right, you know, if she's in the new one, it probably won't be like that or they'll probably address something like that. She is in the new one and they do make her be a character that's more than just the girl. Okay, good. Um, From what I've read. I think uh, the soundtrack totally stands up today. It's like you said, it's like a Jock Jams uh, soundtrack. I mean, R. Kelly song, notwithstanding. And there's also a Seal song in there, Fly Like an Eagle, which is a remake of, uh, you of course know who originally did it. The Steve Miller Band, of course. Yes, uh, the the soundtrack is great. Um, The film comes in at a kind of a lean, like, what is it, an hour and 40 minutes or something? Something like that. It's a tight film. I would probably eliminate a few of the scenes there, but the the supporting NBA characters are all fun. I give uh, Warner Brothers credit for two things. One, they waited 25 years to do this again. They did not do this every time there was, like, a new superstar that came up. And they didn't do it LeBron's uh, first year. And another thing, I don't know if you know about this. Are you aware of SpaceJam.com? I am. I was going to mention that. So right now, actually, SpaceJam.com for like 24 years was the same website it always was, this horrible 1996 HTML website. They actually just did redo it for the new Space Jam uh, movie, but you can click on like the upper corner and it will say return to the original Space Jam site and you can see the 1996 site in all its glory. And I give Warner Brothers a lot of credit for never taking that down. I think somebody must have just had a, a sense of humor there. I think it was probably just an oversight that like people didn't know it was there and then the internet found out about it and they just left it up. Right, it's probably something like that. But, you know, all this stuff, it just comes together this is a fun family flick is this a film made for me no but did i laugh out loud at a few parts of this yes i did and i found the film charming i'll say yeah that the film does stand the test of time what do you think al does 1996 space jam stand the test of time well i think the first thing that comes to my mind is something that we talked about in our who frame roger rabbit episode which is that the looney tunes characters are just not that big of a deal now. I forget if I told this story in that episode or not, but I took my kids to Six Flags Great Adventure not that long ago, you know, pre-COVID, and the characters were there, and the kids could get their picture taken with Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck and a handful of others, and uh, they were like, who is that? Same thing with uh, my patients. Every once in a while, I have like a Tweety Bird Band-Aid. They have no idea who it is. They're just not a big deal. And now there is like a new Looney Tunes uh, cartoon on HBO Max. My kids don't watch it. But like when you think back to the old Looney Tunes cartoons, like how much of that crap stands the test of time? I mean... Like the let's shoot people in the face. Like, eh, do those jokes still work? Does Yosemite Sam stand the test of time? Which is just like a parody of 
Yeehaw Cowboys and Foghorn Leghorn is making fun of Southern people and Pepe Le Pew is uh, basically a rapist. I mean, like, I don't think a lot of that humor still works today. And maybe we're too politically correct and we shouldn't be so woke and blah, blah, blah. But like, I just don't think this stuff is funny per se, you know, like, also, I was never that into Looney Tunes as a kid. Like, I just never found it that funny to watch the coyote, like, chase the roadrunner and slam into a wall again. I don't think the characters stand the test of time on their own. Maybe Space Jam colon A New Legacy will bring new life to uh, the Looney Tunes characters, and people will really love Bugs Bunny again. And, you know, cool. But um, on their own, I don't think they are the big draw that they were in 1996. Also, this movie completely wastes Bill Murray. Bill Murray's in this movie, and they do nothing with him. Well, they have a couple good lines with him. Yeah, but, I mean, they could have done more. They should have done more. Also, the fact that this movie is based on a commercial, I think kind of shows, like, this isn't a movie with, like, a really coherent plot there's not a lot of story. There's not a lot of character development. There's also, weirdly, not even a lot of basketball. I felt like I was I was expecting more basketball in here than there really is. I, just, I was surprised how quickly they got to the big game, too. Yeah, I mean, and I get it. Like, that's what people want to see. But, yeah, like, they get to the big game really quickly. And then the big game is kind of over pretty quickly. It is worth noting that this movie was important to people. People loved it. People worshipped it. You know, people who loved Michael Jordan. It was a mainstream movie starring a black actor and his family, which you didn't see all the time. People really cherish this movie. I was reading some interviews with LeBron James and the the team that's doing the new movie, and they, like, worship this movie, and they have it on such a high pedestal. And that's cool, but I just don't think this movie really stands the test of time on its own. I guess in a way it does because there's a new one and uh, people will want to see it. I watched this movie with my kids and they enjoyed it. They said they do want to watch the new one, which is cool. You know, we'll we'll watch the new one on HBO Max. But uh, I don't think the original stands the test of time. It's just not a really good movie. I, I would agree with you that the moron mountain plot of, of the film is subpar. But once they get to the game and it's Michael Jordan versus the Monstars for reason X, who cares? Then I think it's fine. I, I would have remade that first act uh, plot point. Other than that, I think the movie holds up. I've heard about the plot of the new movie. It's a, about AI and like Don Cheadle is the bad guy and I'm sure he'll be great and I'm sure the story will make more sense and uh LeBron James was really good in Trainwreck I don't know if you saw that uh Amy Schumer movie no but I know he was in it so it's good that he had some acting in there I'll watch the new one will you watch the new one yeah, I'll see it, especially because it's on HBO Max. Uh, I right. do feel bad for LeBron, though. You know, they waited 25 years. It's the same as Bill and Ted Fakes the Music. You could have done this movie any time in the last 25 years, and you wouldn't have gotten caught in this uh, you know, this COVID trap. But, you know, LeBron's probably going to have one big headlining film and not make as much in the theaters. Probably not, but people will see it. But that's going to do it for us this week. Next week, we're going to be talking about The Wedding Singer, starring Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore. I remember really liking this movie. I haven't seen it in a long time. It's a 90s movie that takes place in the 80s. So it's like perfect for us. It's right up our alley. Until then, 
Of course, we want you to talk to us at Tested Time Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Send us an email to testedtimepodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to write us that review on Apple Podcasts. If you forgot, you should do that. And we'll see you next time, everybody. Bye.